And I don't like really sloppy head mm. where you're spitting and the spit is running down my butt crack. That is like a turn off to me. See, I love that shit. No. <laughs> Welcome to Sweet Release. Hi, Alvina. Hi, Barbie. Thanks for being here. I'm glad you invited me. It's going to be fun. We're, we're keeping cheers. cheers. We're drinking some wine. Yes. Mm. I love wine, especially red wine. We're, uh, we're just going to talk about pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, I've known you for many years, yes. and you have always admired me, and I've always admired you. So I've, I, Really appreciate you coming on because your relationship specifically is what I kind of want to talk about. And, and of course, your your past and even your job. And there's so many different directions we could go. Okay. But I would love to start off with like, you know, you, you have this pretty incredible partnership right now. And I, I love how you talked about in the beginning of your relationship with him, how yeah. he was just massaging your feet and and could you just talk about how he wined and dined you so you know we were dating and um he was like oh come on you know we went out and we went to get a room and so um I'm really particular even if I'm dating you even if I'm sexual with you about you knowing where I live in the beginning (laughs) so Um, we went to a room and so he put like clean liners in the trash can and put like Epsom salt and soap in it and brought this whole little kit and was like, sit down, put your feet in here. And he like cleaned my feet and lotioned and massaged my feet. And he's like, come on, let's take a shower. And he shampooed my hair. And that level of intimacy was much greater than the actual act. It was like very sensual, very soft. And he showed me his like very soft side, not his masculine. He was masculinely soft, you know? I love that. And I love it. So even at that point, we still weren't kissing because I don't kiss. kiss. Kissing to me is like the greatest form of intimacy. I just don't feel like you kiss everybody. I mean, I'd probably do a one night stand with you before I'd kiss you, you know, <laughs> and be like, so yeah. You have, yeah, you have sex before you kiss somebody. Yeah. Cause what if I don't like the sex and then I'm giving you a kiss and that kissing is something that you build up to. Like you kiss people that you love, you kiss your children, you kiss your parents, you kiss your grandparents. So I just feel like you, those people aren't going to touch the other areas, you know, but your mouth. Yeah, you're going to put your lips on people that you truly love. So, like, to me, I just... Your mouth is sacred. Yeah. So, that's that's that thing I keep. So, we dated, and we dated for a couple of years. And then, finally, we decided that we would have unprotected sex. And then that's when, like, yo, whoa, we're going to have to get tested because <laughs> I'm, like, a germaphobe of some sort. So, we both got tested and on our date, out to eat. We gave each other each other's test results that we were both clean. And then that night, when we had unprotected sex, we kissed, like really kissed for the first time. And I was like, that was the moment I knew like he was like really, really the one. I'm like, yeah, he's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What was the kiss like? Was it lots of tongue? Was a lot of like, tongue. Yeah, finally. A lot of tongue, a lot of lip biting and, you know, sucking the bottom of your lip into, in, into his mouth and into my mouth. It was mm-hmm. very, very sexual kiss. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that was like 20 years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Sometimes the best things are best if you wait for them. Like, yeah, I found that to be more true. The the older I got, I found, you know, it is nice to to wait and, and take, take it slow. I feel like it's something, even in having sexual partners, multiple sexual partners, which I'm okay with, you know, um, you should have that one thing that you set aside for the partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I always, when people ask me about opening up their relationship or having a threesome, I always say, you know, keep, or even just having intercourse with other people or at a party, mm-hmm. you know, I always say you have to keep something sacred between the two of you or just be, make sure that there's something that you're holding true, like that yeah, makes exactly. your partnership. The, exactly. It's that one thing that you only do with that person that you don't do with anyone else and that they don't do with anyone else. and that keeps what you have special mm-hmm. to me and long lasting and long lasting. Found, yeah. yeah. I found long lasting. <laughs> I found very long lasting. Right. I mean, I've been in relationships with couples, you know, where they were married and I was the other person, but they both wanted me. So it was cool. You know, I felt like it was win-win for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, um, I stepped away from that because I felt like, you know, she was trying to see me without him. He was trying to see me without her. And I was like, you guys are losing yourself. You're losing what you have. You always have to keep what you have, whether you open up your relationship to bring someone else in or you guys decide that, okay, you could be with someone else. you got to keep something for you guys mm-hmm. that you don't lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I think that's so important. It's definitely important. It's definitely. I mean, I love my husband. We can go somewhere and we'll be like, oh, I'm like, damn, babe. She's fine. <laughs> can, can, can we have her? <laughs> what does he say? Please. Yes, baby. You can have whatever you want. Most of the time it's whatever I want. He's, he's on board with, with whatever I want. You know, I, you know, he walked around in broad daylight with a huge, you know, um, sex toy that was like almost looking like a torture device <laughs> because I decided at a uh, very large daytime function uh, that, yeah, let's buy this. Ooh, I can't wait for us to get home. <laughs> What's the toy? Tell us. So it's a, um, it's more of a strap that it's like a leather strapping harness that locks around the thighs and then the part goes around the back of your neck. So you hook onto your thighs and then the other part hooks onto your wrist and it pulls you up where you're stuck almost like on your back with your legs completely, your knees almost to the side of your face. So you're completely open. So you can't get away. Yeah, it's bondage. It's fully, fully strapped down. Yeah, um, pineapples is our safe word. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. Pineapples is our safe word. I feel like if you're gonna do that kind of stuff, make sure you have a safe word and 
Do you do, know that pineapple is kind of the swinger lifestyle, non-monogamy emblem or... Yeah, yeah. yeah so okay, our safe fun. word when we're trying new things is pineapples. Nice. We okay. like pineapples and that means, hey, you know, I'm not comfortable anymore mm-hmm. or it's not feeling good to me anymore. So, and the other person retreats and like, do you want me to stop completely or am I going too forceful? And we respect each other's boundaries. So I think that makes for a really good, you know, sex. <laughs> um, but back to this toy. So did you play with it that night? Most definitely <laughs> so. You know, I have multiple toys. So he strapped me down. And once I'm strapped down, then he's like, okay, I got you tied down. Now it's my turn. And he pulls out the box of tricks. Because, you know, I have, which I thought was overrated, the rose. It was mm-hmm. very overrated. Yeah, it was very overrated to me. They hyped it up to be way more than what it was. Um, and then I have the dildo with the clitoris tickler. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have several different sizes and stuff. So he's like, oh, I get to play. <laughs> and you can't get away. You can't stop me. And he just had himself, you know, with orally and with toys. And then finally he finished it off with him. So my husband is up in age now. So we do a lot of foreplay because mm-hmm. he's, you know, 12 years older than me. So my libido is a little longer than his. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of foreplay to make sure I'm at that maximum point. So when he does do what he does with him, I'm, I, I get everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's. That's good advice for people to know, you know, the older you get, sometimes you can't last as long or. Well, he will tell you within, he's like, it's the best seven minutes of her life. (laughs) (laughs) We were watching me and some other women in my family were watching the newlywed game and they were like, um, and they asked the women, if your husband picked a letter of the alphabet that was equivalent to numbers that would say how long he lasts in bed, what would he say? And I said, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I said, he would say G. And the whole room looked at me like, G? I'm like, girl, he's going to say G. So they all picked the number for their mate. And when the men came back in, we asked him the question. And and just, he was like, I would say G. And the whole room (laughs) fell out laughing. I gave her the best seven minutes of her life. And so... They were all thought it was hilarious because mm-hmm. he'll tell you, give her the best seven minutes of her life. I love it. Yeah. So. So you guys are in sync. In sync. Yeah. Always. That's yeah. awesome. We picked houses. It was like a video I watched. It was like, um, if you got a free house, what house would you pick? And it was like eight houses. And I saw two. I'm like, this is one I really, really like. But if I had to, this would be the runner up. So. I picked mine. I didn't tell him what I picked. I showed him the video and he picked the same two houses. Mm. That's how in sync we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What else have you learned over the trajectory of your relationship? Um, You have to pick your battles. Um, Like one of my pet peeves is for you not to close things. Like the toothpaste, the cabinets, Mm. the drawers. To leave anything like a jar, I need you to close it. Right. You know, and I used to be so super, super frustrated. Like, this is like a deal breaker because this is driving me crazy. Right. And then one day he was like, 
I'm so sorry and I'm going to try to do better. He says, but I can't help it. I was like, why can't you help it? Just put the damn top back on the toothpaste. And he says to me, um, you know, his mom had surgery at like 35 where she had all her joints replaced in her hands. So he said he was young, like um, a kid, like 11, 12. And he came out and his mom was trying to open a jar and she was crying because she couldn't get it open because of her hands. And he felt so horrible to see his mom like that. So at that point on, he opened everything and left it slightly jarred. So when she went to open it, that she could. Mm. And in that moment, I said, okay, this is something that I'm just going to have to suck up and just go behind him and close everything. So now I just go behind him and close it because I get that that's something psychological for him mm-hmm. that he doesn't even realize that he does it most of the time. So right. I'm like, okay, well take your little OCD and go around the house and just close everything. It'll be okay. You know, I, I did a intimacy like couples retreat re- weekend recently. And that was something in one of the workshops that a couple was kind of became aware of or just kind of moved through was mm-hmm. the fact that, it was the same thing, the toothpaste caps. Like, yeah. You're like, I mean, that's common. <laughs> you're looking at me like, really? The toothpaste cap? <laughs> yes, the toothpaste cap. It's common. I mean, I even sometimes get on Hunter for not putting the toothpaste back up in the cabinet, just leaving it on the counter. But but it's true. You do have to pick your battles. And what this couple realized too is she's so she's so hands-on in, in her career and everything else that she does. And so this one thing is something that's been like creating so much shame and like, it's just been like making her feel unworthy because she can't seem to get it right. You know, she can't put the toothpaste cap back on. She just something in her, like probably maybe your husband, you just, uh, you know, he's used to it or that's just kind of how it's been his entire life. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's really wonderful to recognize sometimes those things that were just kind of you know, sometimes you don't have to shift who you are. You just have to like accept who they that. are. Right. And, and in accepting who they are, you're able to grow in who you are. So my fix all for it was I was what one of those Chinese um, toothpaste cup holder, toothpaste holder, where you put the toothpaste and you screw it in there. So all you have to do is put the toothbrush under there and it puts the toothpaste on it and no one has to cap it or uncap it or worry about the caps being <laughs> not put on there. And look, that took out stress for him and stress for me and everybody's happy. Oh my God. So that was my fix-all for the toothpaste cap. That's great. I love it. Yeah. yeah that's so good. You're, you're good at finding fixer. Just you got to. You got to. You products that make your life easier. You know what? I struggled. So for years I was homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you're homeless, I, before I got homeless, I was very bougie and very stuck up. And like, I want to stand on the same court with a homeless person. I was like, oh my God, he's going to stand next to me. Right. And I was like, oh, And being homeless just totally changed my purview of the world and how I treat people. Mm. It changed me. It changed me so positively. I I always believe that everything happens for a reason and that 
God sends you to do things so you can grow. It's, it's, it's a purpose act. It's something you need to learn from it. And being homeless is that I learned that I needed to be a better, more accepting person to other people's situations. Less judgment. Less judgment. Mm-hmm. Totally changed my thing. I'm, I'm just, I used to be very judgy and I'm not. In, in my younger years, I was a very, very judgy person. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you wear that? Why would she do her hair like that? Why would she wear those shoes? Why would she date him? You know, I was super, super, when I first met my husband, I was like, yeah, I must look really bad today. Because mm. I thought that I was too cute <laughs> for him to be trying to talk to me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I said, I must really be off today if he thinks he can holler at me. <laughs> well, he won you over, didn't he? He did. Oh. He did. He said he knew the third day that I was going to be his wife on the third time he saw me. And he didn't want to scare me. But he said he knew the first day he met me. But he he like the third day, he started contemplating telling me that I was going to be his wife. Mm. So he did a vision board years before he met me with the house he wanted and the car he wanted and the job he wanted and the wife he wanted. And the qualities that he saw in his wife. And then he cut a picture out of a magazine of what he thought his wife should look like. And the craziest thing ever, this woman looked like she could be my sister. What? And at that time, I wore my hair in this straight, you know, bob. And she had the same hairstyle. And she was wearing a suit that I owned in a different color. That is Fucking serendipitous. Yes. <laughs> Wild. He knew. Like when he saw you, I'm sure like, he was like, her. Oh, I have to talk to her. He's like, that's her. Mm. And you know what? I guess I was. I told him, I'll never get married again. I did been there, done that. I'm, I'm cool on that. We can date while we married. Yeah, what were the relationships like before him? Abusive. Yeah. A very abusive. Um, lots of drugs. You know, my first husband, I was younger than him. I was like 16. He was 27. You know, he introduced me to drugs and the swinger lifestyle and a bunch of things that I probably was too young to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But in that, a lot of abuse came, a lot of physical abuse, even while I was pregnant with our kids. You know, it was a lot of abuse. So when I did leave, um... I was afraid, like, oh my God, where am I going to go with three kids? And, you know, but I made it, you know, I made it through and, you know, I had another child <laughs> and, and her dad unfortunately passed before she was born. Um, so while my kids were still young, I met David, you know, and we got together and we have custody of his son, who I also raised. and. My kids don't, they, that's their dad. You mm-hmm. can't tell them that that's not their dad. And I'm a firm believer just because a man or a woman makes a child does not make them their parents. You're just the biological people they got here from. Mm-hmm. You're just the James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The person who holds them when they cry at night. Those are the people, those are the parents. You know, and so he's definitely the dad. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to maybe adopt one day. I find that to be beautiful. It's tough. It's expensive. It's so, I, I mean, I don't disagree with adoption. Beautiful thing, you know. I have custody of my grandson, <clears throat> who I know his dad's genes. Um, I don't know a lot about his mom's genes. They're very secretive. But he came with a lot. You know, they both... You know, my son and her both were on drugs when they conceived while she's pregnant. So he came. He's autistic. He's here. Um, you know, he has hearing disability. He's nonverbal. He's starting to talk now, but he's on his floor. Mm. You know, and it's a lot. So when adopting a child, know that they'll tell you that they're telling you everything, but they may not necessarily tell you everything. Mm-hmm. and be in it no matter what no yeah matter well, that's the commitment you're making that's the no commitment and what. there's a lot of people who get kids and then see that it's not the kid that they thought it was going to be and they back out and they don't want to yeah, do well, it anymore yeah so know that in doing that prepare yourself for your relationship your relationship takes hits in this and are you guys strong enough to take the emotional hits that come from possibly getting a child that comes with psychological or physical, you know, or mental disabilities. Yeah, that's a good because question. sometimes when they're born, you don't know. But as they get older, they, they manifest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. So no, make that you're strong enough, he's strong enough, and that you guys collectively are strong enough. Because my baby's a linebacker. <laughs> he can't hear. He wears hearing aids. We take him out. But if we try to get in the bed and do something... He'd be, ma, bae, ma, bae. Because I call my significant bae. So he runs around the house talking about bae, bae, bae. He said, dude, I'm not bae. He said, I'm papa, I'm daddy, I'm not bae. Okay, bae. It's horrible. Okay, bae. But he knows, like, he can sense it, girl. He's like... I'm like, it's for you. It's definitely for you. So we call him our little linebacker. Cutie. He is cute. Yeah, I met him. Yeah. Believe it or not, he broke our boss. What do you mean? Like, he came in there and he saw him and he was like, yeah, come on, hit me. He's like, let me get you. And he, um, he got him. He's like, yeah, give me that. And he ate his food. Then he told me he can come whenever he wants, eat whatever he wants. And then people that knew him, like our manager that has moved on to another location and our chef mm-hmm. um, were like, oh, my God, are you holding a baby? Well, I got to get a picture of this. Like, <laughs> and you're letting him eat your food? I, I got to get a picture of this. So cute. So, yeah, we, we work together. I'm in this. We work at a club together. And yeah. you actually... You have a lot of jobs, but since we're on the topic of our work together, you started a security business company. So we took over from someone else who had initially started it and they decided that they um, didn't want it. And they asked us, you know, did we want to keep the company and take over? Um, Sometimes I feel like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I miss my weekends. Mm -hmm. You know, I miss being free on New Year's Eve, you know, things like that. But the people that I employ, a lot of them need the experience. 
And a lot of people we've had come work with us has went on to get great jobs because we've given them referrals and, you know, talked for them like, yeah, they're great. They show up, they're responsible, blah, blah, blah. Or they couldn't get a chance before and they are now. So. Yeah, you've turned, like, a lot of your jobs now are, are helping people. Yeah. Yeah. So when you find people to work for the security, you're often helping them get into, yeah, their first job in a long time. Yes. Moving a, lot on. Of, a lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. And I just believe that everybody deserves a second chance. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a second chance. You know, I was like, toe up. You know, I couldn't believe it. That I was like, wow, how did I get here? And I just remember, you know, the day that I just decided that I just wasn't, I didn't want to do that anymore. I just remember standing out in the rain and looking up and saying, God, you know what? And this is not what you have for me. So if you just tell me what the lesson is of this, I promise you I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I promise. If you just help me, I promise I'll do it. And I did, and he did. And so I spent a lot of time giving back for the second chance that I got. I feel as much as you give, you give back. Was that part of the lesson, or what was the... Because I was, I told you, like I said before, I, I was homeless and stuff. I was very bushy, and like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. No. Lead with more kindness and understanding. Yeah, and I, and I got that from that. And I need to just, like, um... One of my coworkers said they were sick and they hadn't bathed in three days. And I was like, ooh, right? (laughs) And one of my clients said, I know you didn't. I said, what you mean, player? He said, you did that and you be in here hugging people that ain't bathed in months. (laughs) I said, that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. This person has no reason to not bathe for three days. Okay. Yeah, so your other job. Yes, I work with the homeless. Um, I work with people that are homeless and some that are um, mentally disabled or have some type of addiction. So um, I'm a harm reduction specialist, which entails of from various things to from overdose reversals to teaching people how to get high safely. Mm. You know, that they should test their drugs before they use them. With the fentanyl epidemic, a lot of people think they're doing one thing. They think they're doing cocaine, but it also has fentanyl in it. And then they end up overdosing. And and then they're like, oh, one little touch and you're dead. That's not the case. Um, But some people do have a more severe reaction to fentanyl than other people. So it's really a case-by-case basis. There's people that we can just give them the naloxone and they come right back from a fentanyl overdose. And there's other people that we have to keep giving it to them and giving them oxygen. And we work on them 12 minutes, 13 minutes, you know, to try to get them to, you know, to breathe on their own and, and, and wake up. So it just acts And they different. can still come back after that yes. long. Yeah. yeah. They come back after that long. We've, my longest one was 14 minutes. I would love to know where they went and what they saw. Yeah, right? You know what? Um, most of them, when they wake up, they... I guess they're high, so they might not no, remember. No, they don't. They don't remember passing out. They don't remember... They wake up very, like, kind of disorientated. Almost like people that have seizures. 
You know how when someone wakes up from having a seizure, their immediate memory preceding the seizure is gone. And they're very disorientated and not kind of knowing what's happening. And it's kind of the same thing when someone wakes up from an overdose. Hmm. Yeah. What does that job feel like? Because that's in the, you have a um, Monday to Friday there and then you have the club um, on the weekend. So, so I go, really get a break and it's intense. So, <laughs> I go from one set of um, children to another. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. (laughs) So, I mean, I just feel like, you know, because of my position at the club, I feel like I'm always rounding up kindergartners. (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. Got to deal with everything. Like, okay, excuse me, excuse me. Who raised you? Why would you do that? You know, Mm -hmm. get down. You know, and it's kind of like, being around a bunch of like bunch of kids, yeah. yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't know with people that are homeless, which I think I've gotten from being there, is that as you be high and homeless longer, you forget the fundamental things of living. So to throw your own trash away, to not spill half the sugar when you're making a cup of coffee, you know, don't. And if you do wipe it up, so you're like, who breaks these people? And then I talked to a, a really dear, dear friend of mine who's still in her active addiction. And she said this to me, she says, since I've been getting high, I have forgotten how to live. Mm. Like be normal. And it was a light bulb moment for me when she said that. Because I took that with me as like, I couldn't figure out like who the heck raised these people and why do they do that? Like, why would you just make this mess like this? I don't even understand, mm-hmm. you know? And then when she said that, I was like, wow. Because she's only been out there like a year. These people have been out here 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And if she's like forgotten basic stuff in a year, could you imagine 20 years? And that was like that light bulb moment for me. Like, wow, I get it. I get it. Okay. Regroup. Mm-hmm. Handle this differently. Yeah, that's that. Is, I mean, again, it's like acceptance too. It's like, okay, now I have this awareness. Why? why they act the way they do, mm-hmm. why they do some of the things that they do. Just her saying that just replayed so many situations in my mind. I was like, wow, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, sit. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you like your job? I love my job. I know you do. I love my job. <laughs> I love my job. Because I get to give love to people that everybody walks past and acts like that they don't exist or wish that they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. They're like the invisible people. I work on Skid Row. Right, I was going to say, you are downtown right on Skid Row. Well, I'm like in the heart of Skid Row. So these are the people that everybody wish would just go away. And they get on the other side of the street when they see them coming. And, you know, I be like, hey, where you been? Mm-hmm. I ain't seen you in like two weeks. You know, it changes. Mm-hmm. It, okay. mm-hmm. it just changes. It changes how you just 
And when you talk to them and they tell you their stories and how they got there, how they ended up there. I've met people that were professional athletes, lawyers, stockbrokers. Mm. Yeah. And how do they get there? Is it often just, just one bad, you know, one, it wasn't one thing. It was a bunch of little things. And then this one other thing that just kind of broke the wheel, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then you're stuck. And then and you're stuck. Yeah. And then you're stuck. A lot of times it's not one major thing that gets them there. It's a bunch of little things. Mm-hmm. That just build up, build up, compound, 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 compound. And then one more thing happens and it's just bam, the wheels broke. They can't move past this point. Mm-hmm. And they become stuck. Mm. But you're helping them through. Yeah. Your business and talking to people. And All the time. You know not what? only bringing them back to life, but you're <laughs> giving your wisdom. So we have like my job our sometimes. kitchen. You know, our kitchen is like set up like a cafe counter and they can come sit down and get coffee and we give them noodles and stuff mm-hmm. and we play music and we just talk like you would if you went to a bar or, you know or a countertop restaurant how you're talking to your waitress or your bartender or your barista it's the same kind of setup mm-hmm. and you get to know them and help them and then they come back i've had a guy come and tell me you know what i love you guys so much I have never felt so human mm. as I have here like in so long. I I feel human again. And that, you get those moments. Now we get the ones that's like, you be, I want to kill you or cut your, or cut your head off and, you know, right. and throw stuff at us. And then there's that one mm-hmm. that comes and says, you know, you're the light of my day because I know you care. That's enough. That makes you say, okay, I can get up and do this one more day. Okay. Go cry now and do it again. <laughs> one more day. Just one more day. Just one more day. And it's worth it. It's worth it. Well, I love what you do. I'm so I moved by it. I love what I do too. Mm-hmm. The stories and and your support and all of that. You know what? Um, most people are like, yeah, they just need to get sober. Why? Why? Do they just need to get sober? Why? Do you just need to not have a glass of wine when you come home from work? Because mm-hmm. that's the same thing. Do you need to not smoke a joint so you can relax with your friends? Yeah. Have a beer with the game? Same thing. Your freedom to do that is still their freedom to do what they're doing. You know? And I mean, we're big on decriminalizing drugs. <laughs> I have a t-shirt that says it's decriminalized mm-hmm. drugs now. <laughs> um, because other countries, they supply it. They give them safe consumption. They don't have the overdose rate we have. They don't have the theft rate we have. They don't have the homelessness that we have. They don't have the unemployment that we have because they make it accessible to do it legally, safely and responsibly. And guess what? They don't nearly have the problems that we have with drugs. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. it does need to be decriminalized and that's causing You know, it was like, either go to jail or get treatment. Okay, no, why we can't just teach them how to get high safely, mm-hmm. responsibly? Make them responsible people that they can still have their habit and have a job and have a place to live and, 
you know, not spread disease? Why, why we can't just do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and, does seem like the way. Yeah. So we're really low threshold. You can't get high at our place because we don't have safe consumption. But we give you everything else you need. We don't give out drugs and we don't give out liars. But everything else you might need, mm-hmm. you know, to do your thing, we're going to give to you. Mm-hmm. We're going to give it all to you. We're going to teach you how to do it properly and how not to spread disease and not to hurt yourself. And we pass out, you know, tons and tons of Narcan that, and teach them how to save each other. That when no one else is around, you guys are together. Save each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't even believe when I, I've been at working at this club that we worked at for so many years. And mm-hmm. I never learned how to administer Narcan until you recently, when you were starting to talk about it. When you mm-hmm. had this job a couple of years ago and you were like, we need to all know how to do this. Because yeah. it's it happens at the clubs. It does. And it did. Kids are popping pills, pills. and... And, and you know what? We don't know why, you know, ketamine, um, you can get an overdose from ketamine and, and Narcan works on it. And we don't know why, but it does. Where even though it's not an opiate, it still is reversed. The overdose is still reversed by Narcan, which is a very popular party drug right now. Mm-hmm. And so like my babies who do party drugs, hey, hey, I'm not going to tell you to stop. But what I will tell you to do is take this overdose back with you just in case, you know. <laughs> so if anything happens, if your friend passes out, if you pass out, you know, you guys aren't breathing, you know, you can just what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have that awareness. Yeah, because we just want you guys to come home. Right. Um, That's it. Let's pivot a little. Okay. Speaking of clubs, you like dancing. What are some of your other, like, self-care things that you do? You to- know, I like going to naked spas. Oh, <laughs> what's your, I know there's one in Cur- I think there's the Hunter's been to a couple. I love na- Yes, there's where they are. Yeah. And then you go and you get on the, the wushu pot where they put all the herbs in your pocket, in your JJ pocket. What? Yeah. So it's on there. there. I don't know what that is. And they have like in, in Asian countries and even in Africa, they do pH balance cleanse of your pocketbook. Okay. So they put you in this like gown, this thing around your neck and it goes and you sit on this pot with all these herbs and different stuff that seems and it helps with your pH balance to make sure you smell good and you taste good and you moisturize well. And so it balances you out down there. And then when you're done doing that, you go get this body wash scrub like so you start off in the different um hot tubs you know you have the alkaline you have the citrus you have you know so there's like three or four hot tubs that you're in for a certain amount of time then you go to this wet bed massage bed where they bathe you Mm. they wash your hair they scrub your whole body front, back, everything. They scrub everything. Yeah. They clean you really, really well and you get on the pot. Then you go to the steam rooms and the different walk room. Then you go to, and but you do all these things to make it. Okay. And so, and I love to be naked. Yeah, I do too. I love being naked. Naked is a wonderful place. <laughs> it is a wonderful place. We, yeah. We've talked before about our naked drunk selfies. Yes. Yes. And I don't <laughs> know why whenever i'm drunk i want to be naked and take pictures and send it you know to my husband and to my friends and and my favorite is you know naked toilet selfie so i'm on the toilet drunk naked sending people pictures like 
I love it. I love it. I don't know. I, I'll come up and he'll like, you know, you sent me like 20 pictures on the toilet last night. And I'm like, I did. Did you <laughs> like them? He's like, yeah, babe. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were looking drunk and cute. Yeah. So spas. Okay. That is something I've never done. The pocket, pocket pussy herbs. Yes. You have to. Wow. You have to. So there's one and um, they do it at the Wii, but there's another one. It's on like Normandy and Wilshire. Okay. And it's more small, more intimate. And they definitely have, you know, the pussy herbal clean type thing <laughs> that goes on. And then, you know, then they have the balls too that you can put in there and you, it soaks up and cleans everything and gets it off. My, you know what? My daughter called to me. She sent me the link too to this thing that she got off of um, Instagram that's like these pills and this body wash that's supposed to, it's called wet something or the other. And you take these pills and it helps you become more moist. Down there, and she was like, Mom, let me tell you. She said, and it had it smelling good. Well, I took this bath, this pH balance bath, and then it was all wet. Girl, he was eating me up like a snack. And and people was like, Your kids tell you that? And I'm like, I grew up in a in, in black families. Sex is taboo. We do not talk about it. I'm like, you, you know that um, I'm grown and I, I know how I got here, right? That the, 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 the story didn't bring me. But they just never, I never got to talk about safe sex, about birth control, you know, any of those things. It was just like, you just don't do it. Right. You know, so I never got a sex talk. And so in that, I made a lot of mistakes sexually. Um, things that, I, I, when I didn't know if it was okay, it wasn't okay to go to them and ask, was it okay? Mm-hmm. When I didn't know. So with my kids, I'm very, very open about my sexuality and I allow them to be very open with me about theirs. So my daughters and my sons, you know, tell, they told me when they had their sex for the first time. They told me when they tried anal for the first time, you know, they're very, very open with me about how they felt, how it made them feel. And I want them to have that. But they're telling me, you know, mom, I, I don't know if I like that. I said, okay, well, tell me you didn't like it. Shoot. Is that how it was supposed to feel? I want them to always be able to come to me. My son, he was like, oh my God, I'm with my girlfriend and, and my penis is bleeding. I said, your penis is bleeding. He's like, yes. And he still lived at home at the time. And she's from the night. I said, your penis. I said, well, give me my glasses. Let me see. And she was like, you're going to look at it. I was like, baby girl, I made that penis. Okay. If it's bleeding, if it's bleeding, we about to check it out and see. I said, you're going to have a seat. Uh, Cause we, we might not be done with you yet. We about to figure out why it's bleeding. But my son was very sick as an infant. And so, and I was poor back then. And so he wasn't circumcised. So when he had sex, it was, he was like being aggressive. She was kind of dry and it, pulled the skin back too hard and it tore it some. Mm, it's like, oh, it's just a little torn. Put a little oxide on it, some soap. Make sure you keep it clean. Be all right. And she was like, I'm just, my mom would never, you know, okay. 
If he can't come ask me, who he gonna ask? His friends? They give him some bad advice? <laughs> can't put some mayonnaise on it, man. Exactly. You know? <laughs> or, yeah, go to the doctor when you don't need to go to the doctor. doctor. Exactly. So, ask mama. My advice to parents, even though it's very like, you know, you're comfortable, you don't want your kids to have sex. Okay. If you think your kids are getting ready to have sex, you should talk to them. Tell yeah, them. Got to. And be open with them about it. Yeah. I you think know? we need to be talking more about pleasure and less about like. Yeah. Just the anatomy. And I mean, when I went to, when I grew up with health ed was just so abstinence is key mm-hmm. and, you know, talk a lot about STDs. A, and a, It was a scare thing. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yes. There's STDs out there. Um, I tell my sons, if you don't want a baby with this chick, wrap it up. Yeah. I don't care if she tells you she's on birth control. They're lying. Women lie. <laughs> Right. Because it feels good not to get it without a cut. Right. But if you're not ready to have a baby with this chick, wrap it up. Yeah. You got to. And think about it. How long have you known her? And she's willing to give you some without a condom? Okay. How many guys came before you that she was willing to give you without a condom? So it has to be clear. If she slept with 10 people, okay, he's like, okay. And those 10 people slept with 10 people. Guess how many people that you slept with? <laughs> Got some math. <laughs> and he looked at me. He said, why would you say that? I said, because every person that you sleep with, if you sleep with them unprotected, you leave a piece of yourself with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Full of good advice. So when they go to the next person, they're taking that piece with them and they're adding to that piece and they're adding to that piece. I said, so be mindful and be sure that you want to have unprotected sex. He says, well, how do you give a woman head without unprotected? I said, that's what dental jam is for, sir. Mm. You can give her head and still protect yourself and it'll still feel good to her and it'll taste good to you. Period. So learn it. I just feel like if you just inform them, Mm -hmm. if they choose not to, that's their choice. Don't be mad at them if they don't, but make sure that they're informed. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a baby that you know, she decided she wanted to masturbate. Give her some of your vibrators? No, I would never share my vibrators. <laughs> That's true. Those are, those are my children. <laughs> She's 16. Um, <laughs> and so she used a curler, um, a flexi rod curler. Oh, my God. And so, you know, the flexi rod curler has that little plastic tip on the mm-hmm. end of it. So it came off in there. And she left it in there for three days trying to get it out. So finally, she tells her mom, mom, it's something up there. She said, it's something up there. She says, I think I need to go to the hospital. Her mom calls me. Mom, she needs to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, my God. Because it's so stuck up there. Oh. I said, it's stuck up where? She said, it her for JJ. <laughs> and so Oof. ultimately, I said, you know. If you want something for that purpose, it's natural for your body to have desires. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Allow us to get you something that's for that purpose. I said they make things for that purpose for this reason. Yeah, for your safety. Yeah. So. Because when you're sticking things that weren't designed to go in there, in there, things get trapped. They get stuck. I said 
You were lucky she was able to use four subs and clips and just pull it right out. But it could have migrated into a part of your body, your cervix, and where you end up having to have surgery. Mm-hmm. I said, so don't stick things up there that don't go up there. Yeah. You know? I said, for God's sake, if it's really that bad, girl, get a carrot or cucumber, throw a condom on it, and it'll be all right. Yeah, you gotta put a condom on it first. <laughs> That'll protect the things from falling off in it. And she said, <sighs> oh my God. And she said, that's why I sent you with her. Yeah. Because well, I knew she was going to tell you the talk. The full truth. Yeah. Because yeah. Well, because you create that vulnerable space. Yeah. For, I so I, if we just teach them, and, and so many people make people ashamed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, you you watch pornos? I love pornos. Yeah. Um, I remember talking to you about how you like sometimes would watch it and have a little game where you guys would like reenact Act. it. Yeah, we're gonna do what the porn does. Like whatever they do, we're doing it. Let's do it. Let's, let's go. They're <laughs> using dildos, we're using dildos. Right. They're using fingers and butt plugs, we're using fingers and butt plugs. Let's They're rock doing this and roll. Position. They're, They're doing, doing this position. <laughs> and I think it makes it spicy. Yeah. Like, you know what? We've been doing this. Let's 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 see what they're doing. Let's just pick one and we're gonna copy it. Mm-hmm. I think that's so fantastic. And I, and if you don't like it, say, hey, you know what? That part, I don't know if I like it. Don't do that. But you know what? For the right, most respect part, your boundaries. We respect each other's boundaries, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it spices things up. Mm-hmm. You're not always it definitely does. It definitely does. I miss when we didn't live together. And we had sex in the park and in the car and in the stairwell and at the beach. and <laughs> Yeah. All the fun places you figure out. <laughs> Where you're trying to sneak off. And, you know, I'm still living with my granny. He's living with his mom. So, or he's living with his uncles. So we have to find somewhere to, you know, to be intimate right. without, you know, seven minutes for God's sake. I'm not paying for a room for seven minutes. Let's, let's figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And, um, and what other like kinks and stuff do you like? Um, before I got married, I mean, I really, I love women. He knows it. He knows it. I just haven't found her mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can relate. To that, you know, someone that I'm willing to share, me and him. Mm. You know? Um, I Like I said, I love, like, pornos and vibrators and oils and, yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, you hit it from behind, spank me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. spank me hard, do it again, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm okay with, I'm the type of person, let's try it once. If I don't like it, it's okay. Yeah. And some things I know initially the first time may not like anal. Anal is not something that feels good the first time. It just does not. Yeah. That's something you have to do a couple times for the body to adjust. Just take, yeah, definitely. And it takes yeah. some time to, to like, to, to get used to, to it. So it just wasn't, but I'm a big fan of the finger or the thumb in the butt while you're mm-hmm. getting it from behind. <laughs> Baby, right before you come and he pop his finger in, you're like, <gasps> and your eyes roll in the back of your head. Yeah. That's, that's it right that's there. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Do that. Do that again. <laughs> I um, that. I love anal head. I love it. Absolutely love it, love it. I think I love it more than I love head. 
Yeah, like getting rimmed and eaten out down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah I love so it good. more than you doing the vagina. Then the, 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 it's better. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. So that's just my, that's my kink. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. like even pleasure. Yeah. Or just the Yeah, I don't know if I'm necessarily into, into like um, penis penetration. Yeah. But um, small anal plugs and fingers and tongues is like, yeah, I'm all, yeah, let's mm-hmm. do that again. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Especially if you're getting some really hard penis from behind and you get something in the butt, like right before you come, it's like massive explosion of orgasms all over the place. And I'm like, oh, and then I like fall out on the bed like, yes, okay, you know. Sorry, I'm just gonna let's lay right here for a minute. It'll be okay. I'll be with you in a second, <laughs> and then I'm snoring. <laughs> do you sleep after? I a do. Big pleasure session. Yeah. So this is when I knew I was in love. Mm-hmm. Unprotected sex. Like I knew that I just loved him. I loved the way he feels, the way he smells, everything about him. It's when I stopped getting out of the bed to go pee and wipe myself after sex. Mm-hmm. That's when you know it's love. Yeah. <laughs> I was willing to sleep with you on me right. and, and me. But right. yeah, before I'm like, yeah, I got to get up and get this off me. Uh, and for, and I knew, I knew like he was my lifelong partner mm. because I was willing to sleep with him in me and on me. Yeah. Yeah. I know that seemed like, if he was like, yeah, I would get up and right after and go to the bathroom. Well, and yeah, you should usually pee afterwards to help get it just like back yeah. if you have if you're sensitive to bacteria yeah. and things like that. But so I find that when I had I had more issues with that when I had multiple partners. Yeah. Than when I just have the one and that one partner is being faithful as well. <clears throat> I haven't had that issue. Um, back before when I had multiple partners, I did. I like yeah, all the bacteria. Yes, were built. The, it was right. built. Um. And even when you use condoms, it's still just their skin rubbing against um, your clitoris and, and right there in that area. You would just have to just get that. I was just like, yeah, I don't like spit. Mm. So I don't want you to spit on me. Yeah. Like some people, like even if I'm watching a porno and they get to spit and I'm like, yeah, that's not the one. Change it. Yeah, switch it. Next. Switch it. Switch it. <laughs> next one. I don't like spit and I don't like really sloppy head mm. where you're spitting and the spit is running down my butt crack that is like a turn off to me yeah i love that shit no <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's my ocd i don't know could be. could be part of that but yeah. i just do not spit on me yeah i had someone spit on me once um in not a sexual scenario i was in um where was i it was like a small island um off of bali mm-hmm. and this man like followed me home i had we had shared a spliff together and he like had followed me home on my bicycle and i think he thought that i was like into him or something he shows up at my door mm-hmm. and i like opened the door and realized who it was and i like tried to shut the door on him because i was like scared i was like what are you doing here you followed me all the way home <laughs> And he spit in my face. I think yeah. I like upset his feelings. And, yeah, you know, that happens. Of, yeah, and I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Um, but spitting during sex, just not my thing. Not your thing. Not my thing. I I don't like wet feelings. 
Mm. like from someone else's creations like my own i'm okay with it mm-hmm. i don't want your spit on you see i have a thing with kissing so you just know right, you so. cannot spit on me period <laughs> no 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 no. that's just not you know everybody has their that one thing that's my thing mm-hmm. yeah well i i love to also ask people like as we're kind of wrapping up like what they're well we did talk about kinks already but i also sweet releases so like the orgasm the most recent orgasm you had if you're comfortable sharing the most all recent the details orgasm. even it could be solo it or was solo actually it really was it was solo i have this um massager because I, I just don't feel like um most vibrators uh have enough power (laughs) so i prefer massagers because they have much more power and then you can plug them up Mm -hmm. so i i prefer plugins versus rechargeable because it's a buzzkill when you're like right there and the battery goes down just enough to change it but when you got a plug-in baby you can go all day you can go all day i like my plug-in one too yeah Mm -hmm. so i was sitting there and I was laying there and I was thinking about just a time that I had had with someone that happened to be my husband. <laughs> that was phenomenal. Mm. And I just exploded. Like I was like, this is great. You know, I can't be, I, I don't want to be with that person, but the sex was really good. Mm. Just that little fantasizing. Yeah, so fantasizing is enough. Yeah. 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 That often gets me there too. Yeah. About something I don't even, I could just close my eyes and I could almost smell them, feel them. Mm. Like, because my memory, I love to read books. So the thing about books is that you have to have an imagination for the book to be good. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, if I read the book, I will watch the movie because I, I can assure you that you cannot make the movie as good as I imagined it. (laughs) (laughs) So in that sense, my imagination is very vivid to the point that I could smell it. Mm -hmm. I could taste it. I could feel it. And that's where it was. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's the sensual in you and me. Yeah. All the senses and getting. I like to feel all my senses. I want to, it needs to smell and taste and sound mm-hmm. you know like you can just it just changes the game yeah yeah like for me i'll get really excited when i hear his ball slapping mm-hmm. just the back of me i'm like oh he's enjoying it because he's making no he's making it clap yeah that's when i know he's really into it because he's mm-hmm. going like throttle for it to be making the slapping noise mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love that too. Yeah, I love to hear it. Like, oh, yeah, 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 go on. Yeah, he has big balls, and I, for some reason, like big balls. I don't really like, and I don't like, um, it's just gonna sound, I don't like shaven men. Mm-hmm. I don't or want you to trimmed shave. or you can trim it down, yeah. but I don't want you to be completely bald. Yeah. I agree. I don't like completely bald. Yeah, I don't like completely bald. And and it's weird because I feel like if you want something without hair on it, you want a kid. <laughs> because the only human on the planet that does not have hair in those places are children. 
adults, we have hair. <laughs> and so I, I don't want you to be bald. Yeah. I don't want my women to be bald and I don't want my men to be bald either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you pull your clothes off and all the hair is gone, I'm like, yeah, I'm turned off already. I'm good. I'm out. I'm out. Mm-mm. Well, that is where we differ. I do like a pussy that's second like no, all day long. No, no, no. I don't mind the lips being clean. Right. But you I'm like saying little... like the top part, like make a heart. Or yeah, a little something, Do a triangle or make a star in the upper portion where there's still hair. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be completely naked, like from the top all the way. I just don't. It just turns me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are that way. Yeah, I need to see some hair. Yeah. See, because that indicates to me that you're not out. Did this something psychological in my brain? <laughs> you made a lot of babies, so maybe that's it. Is it is, and I've seen a bunch of little beards, poop bats. Yeah, amazing. We call uh, it the pocketbook. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I heard you say that. I liked that. Yeah, we call it a pocketbook. That's your pocketbook. You have to always protect your pocketbook. Protect it. There's a sacred space. Yeah, yeah. your pocketbook. That's your pocketbook, mm-hmm. and no one should go in your pocketbook without your permission. Mm-hmm. yeah it's so true because that's the thing communicating with the younger generations too is the consent conversation you know yeah. and, and, just- and, and you know what let me tell you this and, and i don't i don't even think it just stands for black people i just think older people in general um allow a lot of things to happen and they hit it mm-hmm. for the shame sake that the family as a whole can't be shamed mm-hmm. right and so they covered it up mm-hmm. so a lot of little girls and a lot of boys more more boys than you want to believe got hurt because people wanted to keep shit secret yeah ain't no fun ain't no secrets yeah if you tell me we blowing everybody life up look <laughs> yeah everybody everybody's gonna be mad at me and i'm okay with it mm-hmm. you know and and that's that's where you teach your kids in that moment is where you teach your kids to be okay with what they choose intimately. That it don't even matter who. You can always tell me. And if you didn't like it, I'm going to handle it. And when you get your kids in that sense of security, then when they grow up, they have very happy, okay, you know, accepting sexual and intimate encounters. No matter how different it is to the world, my mom has told me that my choice is my choice, and I was taught that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Well so, said. Yeah. I love that. It one. starts with the parents. It does. It's all it about really does. Passing on your knowledge and gifts and wisdom and and love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and you, you teach them that love is not necessarily between their legs. When they do get it between their legs, it's phenomenal because <laughs> they've learned to love in other ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I just think it's all about what we do, what we teach them. Yeah. It is. Well, cheers to that. Yeah, we have to have, you know, we got to teach our kids. <laughs> Look, we got to teach our kids. Well, thanks so much for being here. Oh, I loved it. I was waiting. I was so excited. Like, oh, you guys, like, oh my God, I'm going to be yeah, and then I told all my coworkers, "I'm like, I'm gonna do a podcast." 
Yeah. And they was like, really? They was like, what is it? I was like, it's the kinky instrument couch. You say, what are you guys <laughs> going to be talking about? I was like, sex. <laughs> and they were like, really? All the good stuff. And they was like, how do I find it? I was like, here, I'll send you the link. <laughs> Make sure you follow her. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I was like, Make sure you follow her. <laughs> and they were like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, they were all excited. Like more people are excited about talking. My friend, I wanted to bring her. I was like, God, I want to bring you with me. She was off today too. I wanted to bring her with me so bad. <laughs> I just did. Mm-hmm. I think you met her, Lucky. I don't remember. Yeah, but anyways, she has a wife, a partner, and a girlfriend. Oh my God. Oh, I should have her on the podcast. And they all know each other. Oh, wow. Nice. They all came to the club together for the wife's birthday. Mm. Oh, maybe I do remember her. Yeah. You? Yeah. And she's, um, nope, let me take that back. Um, they mm. are very open about who they are. And so they're very self-aware. Um, they're they, them. You know, mm, and she has her pronoun, her their pronouns, yeah. and I'm learning this pronoun thing. I'm old, and it's like difficult. It's hard, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard, and I'll, and I'll have to say, you know, I'll mess up, and I'll be like, you know what? You're gonna just have to pray for me. And People are forgiving, and he and 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 they'll say, oh, you know what? I know it's not in a place of you're trying to be funny, right? In that you make an attempt to do it right. And she, mm-hmm. That's enough. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring. Next them. time. We'll I wanted to bring you. them because. Well, we should do it. Tr- all of us. That'd yeah. be fun. Next time. Uh, their um, openness about, you know, having multiple partners is. And that they're all technically in a relationship, but not in a relationship mm-hmm. is, is like, wow. Fascinating. I'm sure. Yes. Yes. I was like, I'm going to be you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than them, yeah. but I'm going to be you when I grow up. You have a wife, Jeez. a partner and a girlfriend. Yeah. I'm going to need to be you when yeah, I grow up. That sounds nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That part. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Yeah. So we all have to get there. Wow. I'm so glad you I love home. you. Thanks for being I here. I love your baby too, so I'm I very excited. I love the fur babies. I yes. love the fur babies. Uh, well, thank you, my dear. I love and, and, you. your, and, and your cameraman was okay too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, love. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs>